And today, uh, what we'll do is uh, I want to read one verse uh, that we ended with the message last week and then take off from there, okay? Now, this is reading just one verse and then we're going to go into the two passages that we'll read and then uh, through the Holy Spirit, I will preach and I, I am confident the Holy Spirit will touch everyone in the room that he is drawn to the message. So uh, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We had finished with, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay? So now, last week, there's three kinds of temptations, brothers and sisters. There's the temptation of sin. We covered that last week. Uh, and how he allows us to escape it is one is worship songs. Okay? Uh, I shared with you that I download music on my iPhone and I listen to music. And if I don't have the iPhone, I, I sing the hymns in my mind, in my heart, in my soul. And scripture says to do that. In Psalms, it tells us that and in the gospel. It'll keep you in touch with God. It'll keep you close with him. It'll keep your mind on the Lord. And if your mind's on the Lord, you won't even be tempted, brothers and sisters. So it'll even, it'll quash. It'll stomp on the devil before he even gets started. So that's a blessing. And then we also, I shall share with you the power, the power of the name of Jesus. If, if, if you believe that Jesus died, came from heaven and died for your sins and arose, and you've repented, changed from your sinful ways and received the Holy Spirit, have the love of Jesus in your heart, then you have the power to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Anytime you're, you're being tempted and the devil will flee because he cannot stand the name Jesus or in Hebrew, Yeshua. Praise God for that power. And then we also learned, and I shared with you, that um, the devil also cannot stand the word of God. So if you know scripture, you're being tempted, recite the scripture, he will flee. All right? So today, now we're going to talk about the two other meanings of tempt, temptation, tempt. One is to, to tempt God, right? In that passage earlier, it says, do not tempt Christ. And it showed ex examples of the Israelites getting angry with God in the book of Numbers. And he would give a plague and thousands would die. Mm. Never get mad at God. Never get angry with God. And never curse God. That is blasphemy. There's many ways to blasphemy God. Now, will he forgive you? Yes. But it won't go un unanswered, brothers and sisters, so don't do it. And the other uh, temptation is a test, right? We're going through a test now, COVID-19, COVID right? It's a plague. God has put it on the whole world. He's not happy. He wants us to wake up, look up, 
Sometimes he will knock you down to get you to look up, right? So it's a test, and we all have to go through tests, right? In, in Hebrews 12, 6, it says that he chastens the ones he loves. To be chastened is actually to, like a, a parent would spank a child. Now, a parent spanks a child every time he makes a mistake. Thank God, God is long-suffering. That means he's patient with us. And he won't spank us and chasten us for quite some time. He, lets, he gives us some rope. But at some point, he doesn't want us to get into the prodigal son or daughter, right? And willfully sin after we receive the knowledge of the truth. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So he'll chasten us to bring us back, you see. And he says he only does that to the ones he loves. And he says that if you're his, you are going to be chastened. In verse 7 of Romans 12, it says, if you haven't been chastened, you're not his. In the original King James, it calls you a bastard. All right. So brothers and sisters, when we become a Christian and we decide to to take his name, to marry him. He's the groom, we're the bride, right? The virgin church. We can expect to be chastened at times, all right? But God tests us to test our faith. You understand, right? And it's to bring us closer to him because scripture says he refines us, he sends us through the fire like burning gold and silver to refine and purify us. You understand? It ultimately brings us closer to God. Praise God. All right? All right. So now the best example of that kind of temp, tempt test is found in Job. And so our first passage, if you have your books today, turn to the book of Job, the first chapter. And I will put these scriptures in the description so you can always go back and, and, and look at the scriptures on your own. Now I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I will pick out some uh, verses, key verses, because of time. But I am going to read most of it because it's powerful. So reading from Job verse 1. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And the man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And he had seven sons, and three daughters were born from him, to him. And starting going to verse 8, and we'll read verse 8 through 22, the rest of the chapter. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, none like him on earth. Remember that, brothers and sisters. What God is telling Satan is he's the most righteous on the earth. He's the best servant that God has at that time on earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him? Now, brothers and sisters, I just talked about 
you know, going through trials, chastening, okay? But when you do become a genuine Christian and you do repent from your sinful ways and you do be filled with the Holy Spirit, God does bless you. And when you bless Him with the songs, He blesses you back. It's true. It's wonderful being a Christian. He puts a hedge, not just around Job, but all of us. He does. But if we stray, He will chasten us to bring us back. But in this case, you're going to find Job is not being chastened, but Job is being tested. He's going to be tested as all of us must be. And start over on the same verse, verse 10. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all he has in every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Remember we talked about another way to test, or a definition of test is to test God. You don't want that. You never want to curse God. And this is what the devil wants. The devil wants Job to curse God. Which is a form of blasphemy. Remember we talked about that. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay your hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Can you imagine all this bad news? All his riches. Back then, it says Abraham was very rich. You know how he was rich? He had goats, he had cows, he had lambs. Right? Well, I want you to think about that right now. Everybody that has a car in the garage, has a home and a roof like we have, has a bathroom with running water and a toilet and shower and furniture, is rich. Richer than Abraham. Abraham was the richest at that time. Job apparently has been blessed, rich beyond others. Hmm? But how much more has he blessed us? Praise God in Jesus' name. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness 
and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. Brothers and sisters, his ten children are dead, all in one strike, after he lost all his riches. Let's see what Job does. Then Job rose, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell on the ground and worshipped. What we just did. Brothers and sisters, what we just did, he did after all that, right after that, he worshipped the Lord. There's scripture that tells us in the gospel that we are to thank the Lord for everything. That's everything. Right? And that's what he's doing. He's praising God. He's probably praising him, thanking him that he gave him those kids. You see, our children are his children. He just loans them to us. And he's probably thanking them that he did, that, first off, that he received them. He got to raise and love them, enjoy them, right? And that, and that God didn't take them at a, at a younger age. So he's thanking them for the time he has. I'm guessing. That makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. But whatever the case may be, he's doing the right thing. He's not cursing. He's not blaspheming God. He worships God. And there's no better example, brothers and sisters, than Job when you're going through a trial. I encourage you more than encourage you. We all go through trials, and some are worse than others. Read Job soon as you're going through a trial to give you an example of his righteousness and how we are to approach God when that happens to us, because we know we're going to be tried. We're going to be tested. Amen? Amen. And so then he finishes, he says in verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Memorize those words when it's happening to you. And in this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. And that's the key. That's the point we need to learn is when we're being chastened, or in this case, he's not being chastened, brothers and sisters. He's the most righteous man on the planet, but God tests him. We all have to be tested. All right? Let's win that test. Let's not curse God. Let's praise his name. And what? Hold on to his hand. Let him carry us through the fire because we can't get through it without his help. When people are tested like this, they either do one of two things. They either run to God or from God. If you curse God, you're running from him. You angry with him, you say, why me? You're running from him. If you examine yourself, say, what did I do? And even if you don't find anything, you remember Job and you say, I'm being tested. And I'm going to win this test. And I'm not going to lose my faith. And I'm going to stay connected to God. And I'm going to run to him and grab his hand and let him carry me through the fire. Amen? Amen. So the second passage we'll read is found in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter, we're going to read uh, verse 3 through 7. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. That's where our faith comes in. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. For you and me, brothers and sisters, because Jesus, Yeshua, died for your sins and arose. He's a redeemed man and woman back to him, to God. And we have this hope, this faith, knowing that if we die in Christ, we will also rise as he rose and live forever and ever in a new body, uncorruptible. Never die again, never age. This is going to be amazing, powerful, beautiful. We all look forward to that day. I'm reading from verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. And we're in the last times, brothers and sisters, so we all need to be right with God and be ready to meet Him when He comes in the sky. Scripture says, every eye will see Him and every knee will bow, but not every knee is going to heaven. Unfortunately, most are not. So make sure you're right, brothers and sisters. I'm reading verse 6 and 7. And in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. The word speaks for itself, brothers and sisters, and it, that is the message for today, right? What I want to point out to you, though, is it says here that You see, it says here that they were, there's many people went through trials of the Old Testament, like Job. There's no promise of salvation. There's no promise of going to heaven, being with our Lord and Savior Jesus forever and ever, right? In, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, they call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. It mentions people like Abraham, right? People like um, uh, Jeremiah, Samson. People with great faith of the Old Testament. And I invite you to read the whole chapter. The whole chapter is on these great men of God of the, of the Old Testament prior of the Old Covenant. Okay, the Old Covenant, there's no promise of going to heaven or hell. There's no promise about that because it didn't exist. All right? When God sends Jesus, his only son, to come in human form, incarnated in human form, to die a painful, sinful death for you and me, all right? That's when the new covenant is. Jesus is the new covenant. And we have promised, promised to be adopted children and, and live forever and ever with him if what? If we 
are obedient servants of God. We put on that new man or new woman, okay? So we had that promise, but they didn't have that promise. And in Hebrews chapter 11, 35-37, it talks about some individuals back then without the promise. It says, some were tortured and had trials of mocking and scourging and imprisonment. They were stoned and sawn in two, sawn in two. You understand, brothers and sisters, horrible. Martyrs. And were slain with the sword. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. That's what the scripture says in Hebrews 11, 37. Good examples, but we've received that promise, right? So you need to, to um, I'll give you an example, okay? When I'm, uh, I believe, about 19 years old, I fall into sin. I'm having fornication with a young lady. And one morning I wake up and she makes me breakfast and she cooks six sausages, which is pork. Pork, right? Well, if you don't cook pork all the way and she didn't, you get food poisoning that can kill you. So I wake up the next morning in an excruciating pain, maybe even before that time, probably hit me about that evening or maybe even sooner, but I know for at least, I believe it was 24 hours, I'm in an excruciating pain and suffering. I am just, I'm in bed, I'm throwing up, I'm having to defecate, I am in serious pain. It's painful. I mean, serious pain. I feel like my insides are coming out, want to explode, burning. And I pray to the Lord. And I say, oh, Lord, if you want to take me, take me. I'm only 19 years old, but I'm ready to leave this planet because I'm in that much pain. Now, I don't want to confuse you. I'm not thinking about killing myself, but I'm telling God, if you want to take me out of this world, take me away now, I'm okay with it. That's how much pain I'm in. But you know what? Praise God, he didn't take me. Because if he didn't take me, where would I have ended up? Was I living a righteous life? No. No, brothers and sisters. And that's why he chastened me, to wake me up. You understand? So I praise him for that pain and suffering I went through. And I praise him for not taking me in that state. See, God, Jesus has two keys, Revelations 1 says, keys to hell keys to death, and no one dies except for when he says so, right? So, we want to be right with God when he takes us. We don't want to curse God, right? So, the world is going to go through test. We already are, right? With the pre-labor pains, Jesus is close to coming, and we have this uh, plague. Other plagues are coming. War is coming. Things are coming. We're all going to be tested, and you want to win the test, 
like Job, praising him, right? Brothers and sisters, it's all about testing the faith of God who is called. Remember, many are called, but few are chosen. And the ones that are chosen will withstand that pain and suffering and praise Him. Praise Him going through it. Praise Him afterwards. Give Him all the glory. And you have your reward in heaven. He says, our minds really can't conceive how wonderful it is. He tells us we have a mansion waiting. Trust me, there's not a mansion on the planet that's going to compare to the mansion you have waiting for you. You understand? We're going to have new bodies. We're going to look the same. You will recognize everyone that you know up there. As David says, when his child dies and they say, why are you not mourning? He says, I will go to be with him someday. He will recognize him. You will recognize the ones that make it. The ones that don't, Scripture's clear. We won't remember things of the earth. God, there's no crying in heaven, brothers and sisters. You're not going to remember anyone that does not make it that's a loved one. Praise God for that. But the ones that do, we'll be able to commune with them. And more importantly, we will be able to commune with Jesus, the one who died for you, brothers and sisters. So keep connected with him all day long. Keep your mind on the Lord, right? And, and have the mind of Jesus to please God and do his um, you see, when your back's against the wall, you got to praise Him. And brothers and sisters, I, I know, I know 100% that if you're going through a trial and you have the capability, the understanding, the closeness to our Lord and Savior, to praise His name, He will bless you. He will bless you upon blessings. Job, if you keep reading in the story, God blesses him with twice what he had. And gives them children. It says his, his daughters were the prettiest in the land. And uh, I guarantee you, when you make it to the kingdom of heaven, and you see Job, he's going to have blessings on top of blessings. And so are you, brothers and sisters, if you withstand the trials that you're going to go through, or you've already gone through. And brothers and sisters, I shared a small testimony. If you have gone through something like that, it helps to share it with others, right? To help them when they're going through it. Remember, when the church is happy, everyone is celebrating. When the church is sad, we all mourn, right? And we have to help each other, help our brothers and sisters. Amen? All right. So now, all right, brothers and sisters, praise God, praise Jesus, you know? Because of what he did, we are washed with the blood of Jesus. Amen. And our sins were nailed to that cross. Praise God. In Jesus, Yeshua's name. So brothers and sisters, remember to pray up and read up every day. And keep the love of Yeshua, Jesus, in your heart. And we'll all be together with our Lord and Savior forever and ever. Amen.